A game of rugby takes 80 minutes. That's 4,800 seconds. But it only takes one to win a scrum, to steal a line out, make a break and score a try. One second for a hero to become a legend, for one team to become champions. And it's their line-out that creates the opportunities to score their tries, and that's exactly what happened. He goes wide, and he finds a winger. Oiderman, he's faster than a bald man's haircut. Oiderman, and he gets the try. What a heartbreaker. kickoff episode 80 with your host stan power pete steinberg and uh just for this episode lou stanfield hey folks welcome to the show we welcome back the professor pete steinberg uh home safe and, and healthy i hope pete from your trip i am i'm i'm home i'm healthy i think i've had five covid tests in the last week but and they all came back negative a little jet light but um and came back to a house filled with the stomach bug so, so I was yeah. healthy right until I came back. Give me COVID over the stomach bug. <laughs> yeah. the week. And also, as we heard, my former teammate, the big man, Lou Stanfield, Austin's greatest ever Major League Rugby player. He joins the show as well. Big Lou, how are you, how are you holding uh, up, brother? I'm well, Dan. How are you? Um, I'm surviving, man. I'm surviving. It's great to see you. A lot going on. Let's, uh, let's just jump right into you first, Lou. Obviously, a big 12 months in the Stanfield household. Uh, you get diagnosed uh, last year with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Nothing anyone ever wants to hear, but in true Lou Stanfield fashion, you go head on, you take it on, and I believe some, uh, some good news recently in the Stanfield household on that front. Yeah, um, it's been since uh, November 13th. I got the initial diagnosis and a uh, bit of chemo, bit of radiation. Uh, wouldn't like, wouldn't wish it on anyone, but uh, I was able to get through it. And right now, based upon what the doctor said, things are looking pretty good. I don't get a, a firm word whether I have uh, no, no disease detected until uh, my next PET scan, which is two to three months. So uh, fingers crossed battle's not done yet and it won't ever be done because now I got to get PET scans every single year, which, um, you know, get cancer once you just got to look out for it forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like a couple other things from some of those tours we picked up, but we won't talk about that. This is a <laughs> no, PG no, show. We might talk about that. We might talk about that, but I want to point out that, that Lou, Lou has, um, I think a unique distinction as a guest because he's someone Dan that played for you and was coached by me. Wow, I didn't know that. Is that true? Oh, this is yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. True. Let's go back Let's... when he was a really, really, really young little puppet cow. Lou got right. picked up and played for the USA Hawks back in like 2006. Let's hear it. Right. Let's hear it. Hawks, Hawks. Oh, he, he can't remember anything of it. It's fine, but we should definitely talk about your tours. No, I got more memories from that than I do most tours. That was a very, uh, <laughs> that was a tremendous experience. You know, that was a, that was a relic, the old NA4. Yeah, it, it was it was a great experience. Losing 96 nothing to uh, Canada West was definitely an, an experience. I wasn't in that game. I think that was the first leg, which was in Canada, correct? Oh, that's right. That's right. You were you were you're in Ohio. 
Yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah that was that was a much better experience as the experience with the with the Hawks. I mean, we still went. Oh, I think we we still went zero and zero and three, right? But you know, it was we performed better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's what it's all about. The performance, as every losing coach says, the performance is what's important. The winning coaches right. are like it's winning. So yes. Who did you have? Who were some of the teammates back then for the Hawks, Lou? Oh man, who did we have? We had a bunch of developing players. So um, yeah, we, we were a young side. Yeah, uh, but we had, a, you know, it was it was predominantly it was all amateur Americans, which was really cool. Um, um, so we had we had um, uh, Moreno, Tyson, uh, uh, Albert, Tui Palutu. He he came uh, in from Italy. Albert, yeah, Albert first- Tui Palutu. <laughs> Yeah. He um he's now a sheriff in uh uh in the Bay Area, San Mateo. So um that's what he's doing now. Uh but uh, yeah, man, we had a lot of people. Uh Tyson Scott, Meek, like I said. Scott wasn't Lawrence. Same, Scott Lawrence, wasn't that same Alifa on our team? Um hmm. no, I don't think he was I don't think so. I, I, don't I think who our ten was. Scott yeah, Peterson, I think so. um Chris Marino. Um, yeah. Mark Hooker, Blake, Blake Burdett, Blake Burdett was there. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah that was a good Owen game. Lentz. Owen Lentz. Owen Lentz. That's player. right. Owen Lentz. Yeah, but that was a that was a good team. Um, that was, was a good experience. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, it was. It was. A, it was a team that really bought in and worked hard, but just didn't quite have the talent. Right? Coaching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'll say. Maybe it was the coaching, but it could be the talent too. Yeah. All right. It was, it was fun. But yeah, so I, I, I'll just say, I, I distinctly remember having a conversation with Lou in a minivan onto practice or something where I was like, because Lou was at Cal and I was like, tell me about Jack Clark. Right. And I was, and, and, and it was interesting because back then, you know, I was like, I was like 35. I was still a young coach and I wanted to learn as much as I could. And Jack's the, back then in particular was like the dominant coach in America. Right. And it was, Interesting. We had another Cal guy on that team. Hmm. Was, like, it, was it Rickus? No, it wasn't Rickus. Nah, he's too no, young. Rickus, Rick, no, Rickus was the next summer. Yeah. I, I didn't, but anyway, it was interesting. Oh, having, having it, was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was Andrew Blair. It was Andrew Blair. Yep. He played fullback. Yep. Yep. So, cool. Good oh, time. Look at you too. This was supposed to be stories about that you could tell about Dan Power, and we've kicked off on, on the NA4. So... Anyway, it's great to have Lou. It's great to have you on here. I think you've been an amazing servant of the game, and it's great to hear your health news. And I think the whole rugby community wishes you the best. Yeah, you know that was the only thing that was more overwhelming than a diagnosis was the overwhelming um, just galvanization of the community around us to make sure that you know we were taken care of, and we were more than taken care of. You know, and um, so my plan uh, right now, I'm going through the fire academy in Sacramento. And so that's my predominant focus that alongside my health. But once this, um, you know, I, everything settles down and I get moving on my career, I'm going to be doing a lot of work in order to bring more advocacy for, excuse me, support for people who get, uh, for families who get diagnosed with cancer, because, you know, we got a significant financial like showing of people, not just for meals and stuff. And, people just wanted to make sure everything was good. And so we barely even used any of it. So I want to be able to use that as a, 
as kind of a um, a reason to start a foundation, work alongside foundations, not just for uh, lymphoma, but for all types of cancers. And, um, uh, you know, if any, if you can figure out a way in order to come up with a general sum of money that goes towards that and how you divvy that up, um, you know, that's one thing getting a little bit of dough just to make sure that you're going to be able to keep the lights on and everyone's going to be fed um, is a, uh, it's a pretty comforting feeling. And then just that general feeling of appreciation and someone caring for you is uh, uh, in its, in its own really important. So uh, I was, we're very, we're very fortunate in terms of being a part of such a great community and not many communities have this. Rugby is very unique in that, fa in that facet. And it's, you know, one of the pillars that make it the greatest game in the world. So uh, I am, um, I'm very grateful, very, very appreciative and very humbled by the amount of support shown. So for all those that supported me, thank you very much. You'll be getting a card soon. <laughs> well, well yeah, I, I mean, I, mean I, don't, I don't know how we're supposed to do a rugby show now. That was uh, impressive. <laughs> so... But yeah, I, now now I've got to do my sponsor read as well. And everyone's like, "Oh, <laughs> listen to Dan, the corporate shill, Lou's pouring his heart out here, and you know, telling the world <laughs> pay the bills." Then. No, no, but there's 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 actually a segue, right? Because Lou's talking about paying the bills, and the show needs to pay the bills. Yep. Sure. And then if Everyone's you've got, got some money left after your bills, that's you right. Got to shop mlr.com, powered by the rugby shop. Great supporters of the show. I just want to talk about that synergy as well but how about the synergy of Lou becoming a firefighter he went from being a cat on the field to getting cats out of trees so brilliant <laughs> it's just like a perfect fit for you brother oh, oh, man man that's like that's rough Dan that's Who you rough got? who's that is that Penny no it's Nola she's hammering at me to give her a treat Look go lay this. down that's my girl so Dan Dan came by about two months ago um and paid me a surprise visit i was standing in my kitchen and i turn around and there's dan power in my living room where am i oh, at kitchen? i have nightmares just like that Lou. literally <laughs> nightmares just like that uh yeah um oh but for me it was a dream of ecstasy it was so good we had we had a real good time it was real nice to see him i really appreciate that dan uh well actually i came out to see kramer lou was meant to be at the fire academy all weekend <laughs> Pick me up at the airport and she's like, there's been a mix up on dates. So just pretend that you've come out to see Lou. And I was like, all right. So not the weekend I was looking forward to, but it was good to catch up too, buddy. All right. Well, go Lou. We're going to get back to you in a little bit. First, we've got to get to some interviews. First up, we're going to go north of the border. Chris Silverthorne, head coach of the Toronto Arrows. All right. Joining us now, Chris Silverthorne, head coach of the Toronto Arrows. Chris, appreciate your time, buddy. How are you holding up up there in the, uh, the great white north that we know as Canada? Oh, Pat, how are you guys doing? We're doing okay. We're getting and, by, that's uh, for sure. Obviously, big news coming out of the camp that you will be relocating full-time to Atlanta here shortly. Uh, when is the big move? And obviously not ideal, but how's the preparation been to shift camp down to Atlanta? The big move happens uh, next Thursday, the 18th of March. We're, uh, we're excited to kind of get out of camp and get somewhere nice where we can be, we can be outside and, uh, and start this rugby because it's been a long camp with no games. So we're happy to have a game in the future. Our, guy, our guys are very excited. I know. Well, and, and Atlanta, one of those teams that has had some preseason action already. We saw them play yeah. Utah on the weekend. I think they've got another one coming up this weekend. Uh, I believe it's Old Glory. But 
Any concerns going down there and being a little underdone in terms of mat fitness? Have you been pretty physical inside the camp to get your guys ready? We, our, our, I think our, our fitness is, is going to be okay. It is, it is the game fitness that we're worried about. We think we might, we might be a little rusty the first couple of weeks, to be honest with you, but we're, we're comfortable with our, with our conditioning and we've done a lot of work on our skills. It's just the gameplay that we're kind of just, we need to, we'll, we'll see, see where we are. And, uh, you know, where we think the first couple of games might be a little, a little hesitant and maybe a few more errors than we would like. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, obviously this is unprecedented for everyone. Um, totally. A, a professional sports team relocating because of a global pandemic. So there's no, there's no rule book or there's no roadmap to go off. If how, you have one you, to share it, I would really yeah, appreciate it. I, I, I just got rid of mine. I just lent it to someone yeah. else. I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, how, how, how was the thought process for this? Like, at what point did you sit down with the ownership, with Mark and yourself and be like, this is just not going to happen. We can't stay here with the border yeah. situation and everything. And then talk us through how you end up from there to we're going to be in Atlanta. Absolutely. I think it probably started around August. Um, we will never tell, you know, we're telling it now, but that's when we first kind of started to plan. We kind of, our, our Mark and I's thought process, we would plan for the worst and hope for the best Yep. because it's hard to go the other way. So we just planned <laughs> on if we had to move down to the States and, and that we were obviously hoping with that kind of runway that things would clear up and we would be in a, a good spot and, and we'd be able to, to play at home, you know, maybe the first couple of weeks on the, on the road, but then by April, we would be opened up and we'd be okay. But it just, it just didn't happen. So we looked at several locations. Utah was one of them. We looked at Florida. Uh, but it, it made sense to be with another MLR club to share facilities, to share resources. Because um, this is now a second year that the Toronto Warriors, unfortunately, will not have a home game. Or we hope, I mean, we're hoping later in the season. But as of right now, there's no there's no uh, ticket revenue going in. So just kind of share, sh- to share that with Atlanta was good. And they've been fantastic, actually. GM, the GM Scott's been absolutely fantastic. And their ownership um, has just done, they've just opened everything up. But I, I can be, couldn't be more happier and pleased. We owe them a a debt of gratitude for just so far, everything they've done for us to uh, allow us to come down and share their facilities. So we're, we're, we're very excited. Yeah. He's a hard man, but he's a good man, Scott Lawrence. I'll give oh, he's that. fantastic. But let's, let's talk quickly about 2020, uh, the year yep. that was then wasn't. Uh, yeah. Four and one, little hiccup at the end against Glendale there, but yeah. probably along with San Diego, the form team in the competition how did you think this team was traveling at the point where we shut down? Um, and then just your thoughts on the, on the short season, I guess. Totally. Yeah. No, we, we were very happy with where we were, where we were trending. We were very excited on what we did. The, the additions that we, we had with Taylor Adams and Tommy um, and, and uh, Richie came in and they just boosted our, our team up and our guys have just started to become professional. And I thought we were in a really good spot. We were really trending in the right direction uh glendale was a hiccup but you know what they played a great game and we were tired we just had a short week and we, we stayed down there but all, all credit to them they they, they they played us on the on the game but we really liked where we were going and we liked our chances and uh we would have been a tough team to beat after another couple couple months practice and keep things going so we were we were upset that it ended to be honest with you so Mate, the, the truth is you actually scared them out of the league. They're like, we'll never beat Toronto again. We're quitting. We're out of MLR. So I, 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 don't, I don't think we were the deciding factor. No. Yeah, no. But you did mention Richie Asiata uh, yes. was in the news a couple of weeks ago, makes his super rugby debut for the Reds. Uh, obviously, that means he won't be back in Toronto. But let's talk a little yeah. bit about your offseason in terms of your acquisitions. You've been very consistent through the first two years that Toronto has been in with 
where you've sourced your players and the players that you've sourced. It's kind of almost that, um, I, I hate to be very cliche here, but that all blacks mentality, if we recruit people, not players, and then, you know, it goes from there. The culture of Toronto seems strong. This season, you've gone back to South America, very consistent yep. again. I've got a, a strong Argentinian uh, brigade coming up, led by Juan Cruz Gonzalez. And you've also consistently brought Canadian players home. Tell us about some of the Canadian guys like Higgins, um, you know, and, and Adrian Wadden who have come back to Toronto now. Yeah, I'll start with it with Adrian. He was over in, in Europe getting his education and he played in the, in the Bucks League over there and has really developed to do a really strong player. And his, we've always looked at him. We were going to bring him back a year early, but he wanted to finish his degree and we were more than happy education first for, with us. So we got to make sure that, that gets taken care of. And so we kind of, he was more than happy. So we kind of had, had a grasp on him about two years ago, to be honest with you. We just were waiting for him to finish his education to come back. Um, Jason Higgins came available through uh, Rooney, actually. He struggled to get into America. They had signed him. And once he had a Canadian passport, he was able to get in. And then once the national team found out, you know, located him, we were very much, and we, we, we wanted to bring him in. Uh, and, and same with uh, Ross Broad from, from South Africa. He's, he's also eligible for Canada as well. So okay. that's why, we, that's why we, we brought them in too. So it's uh, some, some quality players that we brought in, but they, are, they have Canadian passports. So they're just, we're adding into depth into the, into the Canadian program. Through, through the arrows as well. So it's, it's, it's a great win-win for everybody. So when you recruit from Argentina, you just send them photos of Toronto in the summer, right? Like, <laughs> this is Toronto. Do you want to yeah. come up and play? Totally. Absolutely. I was watching uh, the Instagram on, on Tommy De La Vega. He went home for Christmas. He was surfing. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure why you you love this place. But these, honestly, they, they all do love Toronto. Toronto is a great place in the spring and summer and uh, in the fall. Uh, the winter, you know, it's a bit harsher than, than South America, that's for sure. But uh, they seem to be a happy place. They really do like the culture and, and yep. they like Canada and, and like kind of what, what Canada is about. And so, um, yeah, like Tukule brought his whole family up and they're going to school here in Toronto. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. And, and Juan, obviously, uh, Cruz Gonzalez, he's yes. probably going to be slated to replace Sam Malcolm in that back line, I imagine. Very similar, similar builds physically. He's not a as tall as Sammy, I don't think, but they play a very dynamic game, very versatile. Was that kind of the thought process of when Sam had said, you know, I'm going to Japan? That was absolutely. Yeah, that absolutely is the way is we're just looking to kind of replace and kind of add a bit of a bit of South American flair to the back line because the Canadians, you know, we're very regimented in the way we play rugby and adding add a little South American flair kind of adds into our, our, our development as players and as country and as a playing style. So, uh, there is there is a conscious effort there to kind of give us a bit more flair, a bit, 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 bit more dynamic than we've been in the past. And who, what's the thought process positionally for him and Joaquin uh, in terms of where you're going to play him? Because obviously, uh, Tusselet, super versatile as well. I think he's played a little bit of 10, bit of 15. I think he's even yeah. slotted in at center for Argentina from time to time. Uh, again, just showing how – and that was one of the keys of the arrows, how versatile that back line was. Have you yeah. kind of got an idea where you're going to play them or are we kind of like what you have with Adams and Sam where it's like, hey, just well, play? With the, two, with, with the pandemic comes some some loopholes and some catches and we still have yet to see Tukule and same with Montero. They're still in uh, the 14-day quarantine. They don't get it till Friday. So they have not yet attended a practice with us, unfortunately, just the way things work. Their uh, visas were, were delayed and they sort of delayed getting here and yet to do a 14-day mandatory quarantining and to get into the country. So they are not eligible to be out of their quarantine until the Friday, 
which were, which is our inner squad game, which obviously they're not, they're not going to play that it's not just beyond a 14 day quarantine. So his first practice won't be till the Monday of, of the game week against Atlanta. So we're still, we're still, juggling our, we're still juggling yeah. our back line to see who's, who is available for selection in that. So we'll have to, we'll have to play that by year. So oh, I honestly, well I can't, I'm not, I'm not trying to skirt the question because I just don't have an answer for you because we're still, we're just seeing where we are and what, what kind of fitness everyone comes into and, and see where we are. So. All right. So we'll be, all right. We've, we've said all the nice things about Atlanta and they deserve yeah. them to open the doors. Round yeah. one, you know, when the whistle blows, all those uh, pleasantries are out the window. What do you think of the Atlanta squad? Did you get a chance to watch the game against Utah? And what were your thoughts? I, on I that, did. did. No, we, okay. we, we watched, we, I watched it uh, live and then it's obviously we, we taped it and we have it on our huddle. So uh, we're, we're breaking it down as we speak and they have another game this weekend. Uh, listen, they're a very strong team. They're big, they're physical. Uh, they're fast in the back line. The fast, the back line looks dynamic. Um, their mall, I think is probably one of the better malls in the league. So we've got to be very cautious of giving them line outs within our 10 meters of, of the line or we're in trouble because, you know, I think, I think they scored two tries against us last year in our game. So that's stopping. That's going to be a big, a big priority. Um, defensively, we both play very similar styles defensively. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, yeah, and, and like I said, we've yet to go in a, in a live game. So we'll see how we, how we go out, but, uh, they're going to have three full games if you consider their inner squad, excuse me. Um, so we'll see They're, They should be, the rush should be off them a bit more than is us. So we're just hoping we'll, uh, we'll be ready for that. Yeah, absolutely. Any, uh, any players that we should watch out for from Toronto this year? Some people who may be a little under the radar that most people won't know, maybe not a round one selection, but players that you've kind of in, you got penciled sure. to, to blood this year that you really like. Uh, well, Gaston Cortez, the uh, Argentine prop that we brought over from, uh, from, from Europe. He played Leicester Tigers and he's played all over the premiership. Uh, he's brought a real edge to our scrum. We've always prided ourselves on having a, a, one of the better scrums in the MLR. And I think we've improved, uh, to be completely honest with you. He's just uh, Cole Keith, who was our tight head last year and did a great job. We moved him to loose head because, because of uh, because of Gaston. He's, he's, that, he's, he's going to bring a real element to, to our game. And then behind them, we've got two very young props, but we really like And Tyler Roland is a, is only 21 years old, Canadian prop, but he's shed about 20 pounds and put on 10, 10 pounds of muscle and is looking, starting to look the part. So he's really come forward in 12 months. We're very happy with his development. Uh, he's been spending a lot of time out in the pride because uh, the pride's still going on in there and they're training. So he's mm-hmm. been out, he's been out, out in Victoria with, with them. So he's really, his development's good. And then one of the big, uh, big ones is Siaki. Siaki uh, Michelani. So he will not be eligible for one. He kind of just sprained his knee, but, He's uh, this kid's get the real deal. I'm quite, we're quite impressed with him and how he showed up in camp. He's only 19 years old. Wow. Uh, this kid's, this kid's the real deal. So he's going to add into our back row, uh, back row depth. And uh, he's, he's pretty good. So those are the kind of the two, the guys that the two new guys, um, like I said, we haven't seen Tukle yet. We haven't seen, you know, so we're kind of, we'll see. I mean, we watched think, lots of video. I think and he's, he's pretty his good. Resume, his resume is pretty yeah. good. So we'll, uh, <laughs> We're okay, but it's just, you know, we just haven't seen them practice, see how they mix in and how, how, how it gels. You know, it's got, it's got to gel together because continuity has been big for us. I think that's been one of our strengths and keys uh, in the MLR so far is our guys have played a lot of rugby together uh, way before the MLR and then during the MLR. So continuity is, is a big piece of us, a big piece of our culture and our success. So we will have to try to get everyone together and uh, be on the same page. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that's been the, the nucleus of the squad have been the local players up there in Toronto, the Canadian guys who've been together for a period of time. Has the move to Atlanta 
forced any of them to not be able to play early in the season? Are there any of the like the the full time job, part time rugby guys who who are playing that aren't going to be able to go to Atlanta? Obviously, with careers. Yeah, Rob Brower has one that's kind of had had a step away. He just had his yeah. fourth child. He's a he's a teacher full time. That'll uh, do in it the too. In the previous years, he's taken a leave um, just because he's had so many kids. He takes a parental leave and kind of plays for the three-month of rugby season and then kind of, you know, mixes and matches. But with four young kids at home, it's just going to be too, too much for him to, for the move. So we're hoping when we're back in the, in the, in the, late, in the late spring or early summer that he'll be able to, to re-engage for his – even though he's one of the older guys in our squad, he's, he's one of the fitter guys. So I'm not too worried about his fitness level. We'll just have to bring him in and get him. And, and get him back to back in game, game shape. But uh, he's, he's the, right now he's the only person that has said that, that they cannot travel. Yeah. And now I'm just, I'm just thinking out aloud here, but I'm just kind of curious. To, I know if you were planning this in, what did you say, August last year, I'm sure you've already thought of this. Do you have a pool of players that are going to be in a quarantine that you can bring in in case of injury, stuff like that? If the yeah, attrition we're gonna, right? So we are going to, anyone that we're, we're taking 31 players down to Atlanta. Yep. Uh, and we have roughly 36 on our contract. So we are sending the other five players, which will be young development. We're going to send them out to the Pacific pride gotcha. in Victoria. And they'll see, train in that full time environment. Oh yeah. Don't worry. See, so, so they will train uh, out in, in, out in the national Academy, but if a full-time environment, so they're not just here left alone. I was going to say any, any local prospects in Atlanta, get out there, put your hand up. Yeah, Absolutely. We'll what I'm okay. trying to think on the uh, the seven series, they do that every stop. They'd have an injury pool, and all of a sudden, you'd be watching. I remember watching. I think it was in Australia once, and a buddy of mine I went to high school with is playing for like Samoa or Tonga or some island, and he was he was as Caucasian as they come. I'm like, what? How did that happen? <laughs> End up finding out he was in the injury pool. So I'm like, this. Hopefully, that's someone gets the opportunity to play for the Arrows. I. Uh, yeah, we've 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 kind of modeled the squad around around a World Cup squad. We're taking three twos, three nines, you know, five five, five props, and we're trying to build it so we don't have to go into if we don't have to. Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of really focused on trying to be as efficient as we can down there. So, well, it should be a good one. I'm actually uh, looking forward to that one. That good kickoff to yeah. the season down there. Yeah, it and should be. It's, it was it was a tight battle last year. And it, it, Listen, the East is loaded. Every game is going to be tough in the East, so there's no yeah. easy games. Oh, we've, we've run the numbers, Chris, and obviously I think everyone can agree Toronto deserves to be favourites. I know maybe that's a tag that you don't want to have, but just through consistency and history, probably go yeah. in favourites. But uh, trying to place the teams one through six after that, it's you, you could just flip-flop everyone at anywhere. Yeah. It, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be hard to digest. So it's no, I think, really I think yeah, I think for us, though, it is going to be this – you know, on the road again for not being able to see family and friends. We'll just see how we can keep together. We, we did first year. We were pretty good. We were eight weeks in the road and we really gelled together and really kind of were us against yeah. the world mentality. I'm hoping yep. we can, we can recreate that again, but because that's, what's going to take, uh, we are living out of a suitcase literally. And it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a go. That's for sure. Well, there actually, is, I guess there is a precedence because the NRL in Australia, the Warriors had to leave New Zealand and camp in Australia. And I believe yeah. uh, the Storm, based in Melbourne, went to the Sunshine Coast in Queensland for the whole season. So oh, they really? won the okay. whole thing. So maybe get on the phone to Craig Bellamy and the boys down there okay. and say, hey, how'd you do it, Bellyache? Maybe we should, yeah, absolutely. 
All right. Chris, yeah. appreciate you taking the time, mate. Uh, no problem. Thank you. Safe travels. Get down to Atlanta safe. Excited to see the Arrows back on the field. Promise to be a great year. And fingers crossed, I'm sure, not only up in Toronto, but everywhere, fingers crossed that the Arrows can get back in front of those fans in 2021. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. And to the Arrows fans, we will be back. Cheers. Beautiful stuff. Thanks. There you have it, Pete. Uh, great guy. I, I've always enjoyed oh, my time yeah. with Chris when we run into him. Um, excited to see what they can do this year. Yeah, I mean, look, last year they were the team that was going to be or play San Diego in the final. They were, you know, the, the, the best team in the East. Um, continuity has always been their key all the way back when you go to the, the Ontario Blues. Chris Silverthorne is part of that. He's just such a humble guy. Like, like my, you know, he, he deflects, but um, obviously a key part of that team and continuity is going to be key for them this year again. Lou, you've played, uh, played against the Arrows. Are they, are they as tough as they look? They just seem to be a team that... that very it's always when you play the Canadians. Little. It's always when you play the Canadians. They feel tougher. I don't know what it is. Well, let me start with this. They're the one team I actually didn't play against because what? those were two weekends. Those were two weekends that were strategic rest. And we've lost both those games. Those in the, the final were only losses. But here's what I will say about um, the, the Arrows is they're very Canadian in terms of the amount of people on the team that are Canadian. And the Canadians have always had this interesting culture with rugby. You know, it's, um, it's a little bit to me, uh, it's a little bit more in touch with how club rugby is in England. I don't know what it's like in Australia, but like in England, like it's, they're very, they're, they're, there's just a lot of guys that are like me that are homegrown who played rugby in their respective country. And now they've continued to see it through and they have a really good group of guys in that age group, you know, 21 now to early thirties who are still playing and contributing, whether it's for that team or for another team. And uh, because it is Toronto, you could see how a majority of those Canadian players want to go play there. And they have a certain grit about them where um, they're stuck in the trenches. They just get it done. And they're not the best looking team. They don't have any Matt Ghettos. They don't have any, um, you know, um, Ma Nanus. They don't have any of these spectacular big signings. And uh, but they still managed to get the win, and uh, it's through a lot of grit. And so you got to take your hat off to them. Yeah, and one of their grittiest players is coming up right now, Lou. And that's their back row, Lucas Rumble. He will lead the side as a co-captain in 2021. I had the chance to sit down with Lucas earlier today. All right, we are joined now by the skipper, the El Capitan, the legend himself, Lucas Rumble. Big man, how are you doing? How are you holding up up there in Canada? I'm great. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. You know, we got a little bit of warm weather right now for a few days, so we're really enjoying it. Yeah, you're just saying maybe a little preview for the move down to Atlanta. Fingers crossed. Hopefully it stays that way, but knowing our luck, it'll be a snowstorm when we get down there. So who, who's your favorite Atlanta artist that you're looking forward to, like uh, rubbing you know, elbows with, socializing? You know, Real Housewives of Atlanta, are you like a ludicrous? Chingy? Remember Chingy? Right there, right there. I think he's Atlanta too, wasn't he? I think you got to go with Ludacris. It's just a classic. Yeah. So yes. well-known and uh, just a crowd pleaser. So that'd probably be right up my alley. What, what's your go-to for Ludacris? Little roll out? Mm, 
Yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah. to Atlanta with Play yeah. is Play. Yeah. yeah. I'm more of a, you know, classic rock guy myself sometimes, but uh, yeah. We'll have to do some digging to find an Atlanta classic rock band. Maybe the, the fans can hit us up and let us know. Do you know anyone? Not off by heart, but I'd be, uh, I'd be kind of curious to see what they come. Maybe some more blues style from down there. Yeah, getting a little mix. I like it. I like it. Well, let's, we, we could actually talk classic rock if you wanted, but I think everyone wants to hear the rugby Lucas rumble, not uh, rock and roll rumble which could be a good nickname for you going forward. But tell us about your longest off-season ever, mate. What did you get up to and um, how excited are you to get out of it? I am super excited. To be honest, I didn't get up to a whole lot. Uh, we're pretty locked down up here in, in Toronto especially. Um, so for the first you know few months of it, it was just kind of wait and see what's happening with the year, try and stay in shape the best you can, whether it's you know going outside, running around in the dead of winter or just lifting some weights, doing some push-ups at home. And as soon as that, it kind of got canceled uh, and, and postponed. Um, I basically chilled at home and, you know, a lot of Xbox with the guys to stay in touch. The boys have gotten really good at Warzone over the <laughs> What's What's the clan name or what's the group name on Warzone? Who's the player to watch out for? Uh, the player to watch out for, I would say, would be Mitch Richardson. Uh, yep. It's quite good, quite good. Uh, the clan is uh, Wind Dog, WN Dog. So it's just a side joke between the boys. Uh, Winnaker's dogs? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Not that much of an inside joke, is it? Uh, no, no, no. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. I wouldn't cross him anyway. I think secretly he's like the Kaiser Soze of Canada. You know, he's oh, yeah. all nice on the exterior, but I think there's some dark, dark passengers riding oh, alongside Mark street. Winnaker. Pulling all the strings back there. You got to be careful. Last, last trivial, you know, video game question. I promise we're going to talk some rugby. Who's the worst at Warzone? Who, who gets online and is like trying to get in the group and you're like, no, not this guy. Uh, no, we get everyone in when we can. It's an open door policy. You're always welcome. Uh, you know, we got to keep probably, I'd say Colby Francis tugging yeah. along sometimes. He gets lost out there in the map. You know, you'll be... He'll be Those somewhere big, sausage, big sausage fingers of his mashing the controller. He'll be like 400 meters across the map doing something else. <laughs> like, what happened? But he's not. It's good crack. And the boys, uh, boys love playing it. Kept us, you know, together, I think, for a lot of us while we were just so far apart. Yeah. Well, but obviously, you're in your mid 20s now. You're kind of starting to hit that, you know, senior role. You are one of the captains for the Toronto Arrows alongside Benny Lesage. Was this break something that you kind of needed coming off the back of the World Cup? You had a big year in 2019 with the Arrows in Major League Rugby. You go to Japan, play in the World Cup. I know you probably don't want the break, but looking back in hindsight physically, was it good for you to get some time away from rugby and kind of hit recharge? I think looking hindsight, yeah, yeah, 100%. Because you'll never really experience a break like this, um, barring some sort of major injury like in your career, right? You shouldn't be taking that much time off. Um, for myself, you know, I, I thought I got a really good rest after the World Cup. I was really kind of looking forward to starting to get back into that routine. It was a, a crazy few years with Canada qualifying and the repechage. Yeah, yeah. And then it was, you know, getting into the World Cup and all that. So it was kind of like a reset, uh, four, four new years kind of to, to restart the cycle, to requalify for 2023 and kind of get the MLR going again. It was, you know, a really exciting start for us. So I was looking forward to seeing how that would have finished. But uh, hindsight, you have to take that break, I guess, when you get it. And 
you know, the body feels good, well rested. You can do a lot of work in the off season, you know, just working on the small things that you need to. So I hopefully took uh, the best advantages I could. Yeah. What, what were some of the things that are a little bit outside the box that you did during the lockdown to help with your rugby? Did you, you know, I've spoken to a lot of players who kind of went away and watched some film, watched some, did, did some things that they wouldn't have time to do away from like the physical aspect of rugby, like ball and hand tackling in the gym. Some guys went away and watched a ton of film and, and others worked on like little aspects of the game that like kicking and stuff like that they hadn't. Was there anything kind of that you look back on and said, you know, I'm glad I kind of had the time and worked hard on that? Yeah, Rugby Canada was running some um, almost every two weeks online events with a different speaker coming in and just talking rugby, different aspect of the game. And I was lucky enough to get involved in that. And I, I found it a really good use of, of the time, you know, picking up a thing or two from someone different idea on how to do a drill or how to attack, how to defend. So it was a helpful kind of thing that you really don't get when you're in the heat of the season, you know, you're so focused on your start of the week prep, what team we're playing, what can we do better from the week before? So it was a fresh change to get, you know, almost a coaching perspective on the game. Yeah. 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 I've actually really enjoyed listening to some ex players, like even players that I played against uh, talk kind of openly. And it was almost forbidden to be that open when you played and you know but to hear like people be quite uh, vulnerable and quite human about the way you talk about rugby it's been pretty refreshing so it's been good in that regards let's let's focus on 2021 now uh, a little bit of turnover at the arrows consistency still there though the core of the squad still there it's what made the arrows such a great uh, team in the first two years they've been involved the real force Who's, who's jumped out of the new recruits? Who's impressed you the most? I know some are still kind of, we spoke to, uh, to Chris earlier, some of the guys still coming out of quarantine, but who's jumped out to you as, uh, on the new recruit list? Yeah, it's uh, obviously not everyone's in yet. It's been a little tough to kind of to, to see everyone. Um, but Gaston uh, in the forwards, our new prop has been uh, so knowledgeable coming in, you know, lots of years in the prem and the champ. So it's good to have a fresh voice, number one, um, and then a guy who's got so much experience, you know, just helping with the little little aspects of the game, picking up the small things. Um, and then I'd say uh, Juan in the back in the backs there has also been, you know, uh, a, a good guy to see out there. He doesn't look like much, but he's yeah. so fast, so quick when he moves around. As a defender, you know, you're just like, how does he get there? I hope I don't meet him one on one with a lot of space. Yeah, and the difficult thing for you is like the support because he's got such a fast first step. Like now you've got to kind of anticipate a little bit more than what you had before. And like, yeah, he, when he goes, he goes. And I've got to kind of anticipate it. So I'm, I'm really excited to watch him play. I think that open style of MLR is really going to suit him. And on that second, third, fourth phase where defenders start to creep out of position, he's going to be just electric to watch. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about your round one match. You're playing Atlanta. You're based in Atlanta, so it, it'll be a weird situation right they open their doors come on in and then we're going to bash you as soon as you get here but we'll hang out for the next eight weeks after that we'll be friends now matt heaton's come out and said that he's the best back row in canada hands down and that you you're you're a poser you're an amateur you don't deserve that jersey and uh what do you say about that any rebuttal to here i would love to see that quote because uh me and he i just made it up in my head but it sounds like something he would say <laughs> we lived together for for a year and a bit there so i know he's uh he couldn't be throwing me that much shade but uh no it, it'll be exciting to play against him i always you know love that opportunity and he played for the atlantic rock here in, in quebec and 
So whenever we match up against each other, it's always fun. You know, you see the guy at the bottom of a ruck, maybe you give him a little bit of a shot, pull on his shoelace, untie it, do whatever you can. So there's a good friendly rivalry there. And, he's, you know, he is one of the better players. So I'm yeah. excited. We used to call that a barkwell. Whenever it was like a dirty, cheap shot at the bottom of a ruck, we just called it a barkwell. I don't know why. I wonder how uh, Ray got that reputation. Yeah, you're always looking for that. And even in training, you got to keep your head on a swivel. Yeah. <laughs> What a guy, that guy. Well, let's talk the rest of ATL now. Uh, good players, right? They, they played on the weekend against Utah. Um, did you get a chance to watch the match at all? Yeah, I did. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was exciting to kind of, you know, see rugby back and that MLR brand. And um, I was just in shock for a bit. And then I was right away, you know, trying to see how they were doing things, what they were playing, what their defense was like, how they were attacking. So I kind of got into that mindset of it but um you know they look good when they have ball in hand and they can keep it in hand uh if we can pressure them you know pressure their skills around the park and hopefully push them to some scrums and some line outs and you know take them at the sets i think we'll, we'll have a good day yeah they look they look bigger to me than last year especially those two locks they look very yeah. physical a little little dirty but it sounds like you know you're ready for that anyone jump oh, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't say it's their face. They have big dudes I could even see on the video. But anyone's jumped out in their squad? Anyone, uh, you know, you're going to have to be wary of in, in just over a week I, and a half? Uh, I'd say Heaton for sure was, would be one of those guys. Uh, and I'll go back to the Canadian boys. We'll see if Keys is healthy. I know he's banged up from their inner squad game. And, mm-hmm. You know, he's usually a big lineup guy. So I imagine they'll be running a lot through him. So I think those two Canadian boys are, are two keys for them. So and we know them very well. So I'll be yep. you know, happy to get into them and get after them. Yeah, that would, that'd be tough. Who do you play week two? So you got them first up and then who do you run into then? Washington week two or is that week three? Oh, glory. I got or maybe it's old. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I can't honestly, I can't remember. I've been so. One game at a time. In there, yeah. yeah and, All right. Uh, situation and shifting it around where we need to be so. now he's one is families coming with like girlfriends significant others are they making the trip no uh, no no um yeah it's just uh, i don't think it'll it'll work i think yeah welcome to come down and you know follow the guidelines and be safe about things when they're there but um i think it's tough for the first bit to kind of since it was so kind of late to make that that switch yeah. Um, so at least for the first bit, they won't be visiting. And then even myself, my girlfriend comes down, she's got, you know, two weeks when she comes back and she, you can't really do that with work. So yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, uh, but it's not it's the first a... time I can wait for a while. And uh, yeah. hopefully it's not the last if my career keeps going. So yeah, another World Cup around the corner, but a couple of interesting conversations Wednesday night, right? Before that <laughs> Thursday morning bus ride to <laughs> Buffalo. Hopefully I'm not suing any of the boys here by, by making that information public. No, no. Yeah, yeah, that could be. <laughs> Luckily, this comes out Thursday and you're already gone. So they'll be oh, on a bus no. over the border into Buffalo and it'll be safe. Uh, can't catch them like little uh, El Chapo Guzman. Once you're over the border, you're safe. Don't worry about it. All right, let's do a little rapid fire on your teammates. Uh, big, big UFC fights on the weekend. Three titles on the line. We're going uh, open weight tournament. The old Open. Japan Pride days. It's Toronto, the entire roster. Who comes out? Who is the last man standing? UFC rules. And you will take you. I'll take you out of it, the hard man. Like obviously, I was going to put myself up there, number yeah. one. But yeah, that 
I guess if I'm out of the comp and UFC rules, right? There's no, uh, those illegal knees will be called. Yeah. Yes. Or do you want to go pride rules? You want to do like kicking, kneeing down opponents. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy rules. Let's do it. Um, Let's go old school. Who's the winner? Who walks away? I'm going to have to go with uh, Manuel Diana. He's a big boy. Yeah. It's not a rangy too. Very quiet. You have to be very careful of him. Yeah, like Winokur, mate. Just the quiet ones. Benny Lesage. <laughs> we talked about Benny Lesage. You know, who needs that much concrete in their basement? There's something under that concrete. Wait, dig it up. Exhume them. We want the truth, Ben. Mate, all right, next next one. Who has the quirkiest eating habit in your team? Like who eats like something and you just like, where do you come up with that? Who's got the weirdest eating habit? Eating habit. Um I'm going to have to go with uh, Andrew Ferguson. Fergie Ferg, what's he doing? He's got a new Traeger uh, smoker at home. And he just, he's been smoking everything lately. Yeah, <laughs> everything. <laughs> Look out, water. <laughs> Look out, water. Not everything, but any sort of meat he can get his hands on, the guy is trying to smoke it. So I, like, I, I don't ask too many questions, but he seems to be using it every night. I love it. I love it. All right, we'll stick on the barbecue thing. The commissioner, George Killebrew, the big dog, calls you up and he goes, Lucas, I'm having, a, I'm having a Texas barbecue at my house in Dallas. Bring a side dish. What are you bringing? How are you going to impress the commissioner? Side dish? You got to go with probably some mac and cheese. Nice, solid yeah. mac and cheese. For barbecue, it's a, it's a staple. Is, is there a specific Canadian mac and cheese or is it just a generic? You doing anything special up there? I'd make it, I'd make it from scratch. I'd be using real cheese and doing everything from scratch because – that's probably the way they do it down the south. So that's the way I'm going to do it here. When you have that barbecue, can I come? Because that sounds like a – I'm not sure if I'll – can I be your plus one? For sure. For sure he can. There'll be plenty of me to eat. All right. Who is the scariest player you've played against so far? I know you don't get scared. I'm not saying you get scared. Like, But who's the guy where you're kind of like, oof, I'm not looking forward to running into him for 80 minutes? Scariest player. Uh, ooh. You know, I, I'll, I'll stick to my, my own team here. I hate lining up against uh, big Paul Cellini. Yeah, so Chewy. Big, big gruesome lock, and he always find, tries to find you in a ruck and absolutely obliterate you. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, those avoid, guys are just hard, too. Like oh, yeah. Just like they pointy shoulders. Yeah. Big, oh. Always seem to find you somewhere. Elbows and knees are just gangly and he's all over the shop. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. All right. I asked uh, Luke White of the Giltinis this one last week. I want you to build a positional WhatsApp group of players that play in the same position of you around the MLR. And you're one of them. So I need four other players in the MLR that you want to be on a WhatsApp group with. And they can't be any Toronto teammates. So it's got to be outside that. In the so MLR. All back row. All back row, I'll give you six, seven, and eights. Or maybe just sixes and sevens. No, six no, and sevens. I play them all. I play them all. I know so, you do, buddy. You start, you're I'll almost too versatile for the question. <laughs> I'll put uh, I'll put Matt Heaton in there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even after he said all those bad things about you. You're a good yeah, guy. Yeah. You're a good guy. Suck on that, Hito. You know, you can't, you can't drag Lucas down. I'll take the high road on Heaton every day. Good for you. Good for uh, you. Going to have to go with Kyle Bailey. Yeah, good dude. Slapper in or out? Uh, out, out, of course. Yeah, for sure. I don't want formal Kyle Bailey. I want fun Kyle Bailey. Yes, 
Yes, good call. Okay, two more. You know what, we'll bring it eight. We'll go, we'll stick with Norwood here and go Cam Dolan. Yes, good one. If you can get off the golf course or from fishing or from whatever, he, does he still play rugby? I'm not sure. We'll find out in round one. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But if he doesn't, he's great for off the park. You know, you can go hang out, do good whatever dude. you need. Good dude. One of the best. All right, one more. Who's going who's gonna to be the last one? We'll go with Hanko to mix it up. Yes. Little Hanko. Yeah. See what he's got. A little South African seriousness going on. We good. Yeah, the boy from Nebraska. He's from Nebraska. Just ask him. He'll tell you all about it. <laughs> well, mate, I appreciate you jumping on the show. Super excited for round one. It's going to be a great game there against Rugby ATL. Uh, you guys were flying last year, uh, four and one. So hopefully that momentum, it's a long carry. It's it's 13 <laughs> months carry, but hopefully it can carry over and you guys can have another big year. Looking forward to seeing the arrows flying high in 2021, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Safe travels down to Atlanta and we'll see you soon. Thanks, brother. Yeah, but I think it, you know, this actually goes back I think, to something that, you know, Lou mentioned, which is in, in more traditional um, rugby countries, you know, you start playing the game at six and you play at your club and you play at your club for 15, 20 years and you play in the regional sides, right? And so you get to know these guys and you play with these guys for very, very long periods of time. And so someone like, like, um, like Lucas has played with those guys in Toronto for, for years. And so even though he's only 25, his connection with those guys with a large group in that team will go back a, a long way. And he's like, he's a Canadian stud, right? I mean, you know, he's one of those guys that leads by example. He leads from the front. And um, I think he's a really, really quality player. I think he's, um, you know, one of the stars for this year. But, you know, it gets, there's, there's a little bit that Lou said before too, which is, you know, they, they're stars. The stars in the arrows are stars because they do the dirty work, right? They all do, like, the hard yards. No, you know, no one is carried in that team. And so that's why the sum is greater than the individuals. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, let's keep moving on now, and we go to your old team. Is it old team, Lou? Like, have you hung up the boots yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it pretty sure. It's official. We got a scoop. I love it. All right, let's go down <laughs> to uh, San Diego. Check that, the Las Vegas Legion for 2021, and welcome in one of your old teammates, Sam Wuching. All right, we are joined now by the king of Kona himself, the coolest cat in Major League Rugby, Sam Wuching. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? How's Vegas? Aloha. It is good. Vegas is different, but it's good. <laughs> how, how many paychecks have you blown through at the tables already? Uh, I, had, I had Legion forward me the whole, uh, the whole season's <laughs> salary, and it's gone already. So, <laughs> uh, Roulette, it gets the best of us, buddy. Don't worry about it. So tell us a little bit about, obviously, the move. It came pretty late that uh, San Diego would be picking up and moving to Vegas for the season. Tell us a little bit about how you process that, um, you know, with, with the, the beautiful bride and, and then packing yep. up and going to Vegas and how that's been for you. Yeah, I think, you know, the crazy year we had in 2020, uh, it didn't really catch us, you know. was surprised. The only thing was, you know, leaving the ocean. I've always lived by the ocean, love the ocean. And uh, not too far away, but... Yeah, that was that was probably the biggest the biggest change. But you know, 
for us and the team, it's just we want to play, you know. It's been how long, and the boys just want to play, train together, and, yeah, so put that in the forefront of our minds, and, you know, we could we could be playing in South Dakota in the parking lot. We'd be good. We'd be good. I like it. And I have noticed that you've been getting plenty of skateboarding in to fill the uh, the surfing. So, you're the so you're in the snow. Where were you? Where were you today? You're up in the snow skateboarding. Yeah. So there's a mountain, Mount Charleston, I think it is. It's like 40 minutes away. Quick drive right up the way. Um, there are some snow there. We found a not too steep of a of a, a road, and we you know bombed it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the experience of having the team all live in one place, right? <laughs> You're kind of in sort of vacation apartments. Um, yep. So is, does it feel like a tour or does it feel like normal? Uh, I think picking up and moving, you know, normal is already out the window. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's, it's kind of like a extended tour life, but you know, we, we, instead of a hotel room, you know, we have a kitchen, we have, you know, awesome accommodations. So that makes us feel a little bit at home. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, you can think of the negatives, but I think there's a lot of positives here where, you know, we can build those connections with teammates and, and my wife meeting other wives and them getting their own little collective group together and doing stuff as well as us during trainings. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, that's so actually it's something I hadn't thought about. It's this sort of like yeah. making the family feel more of a family, right? So that's exactly that, that's really interesting. Let's talk a little bit about how training has gone. What are the facilities yep. like, and uh, how do you feel in terms of preparation for the season? Yeah, I think uh, everything is you know week by week. Uh, you know, we're at a new place, a new new territory to map out, and and uh, yeah, just get the hold of things. But uh, no, the past two weeks we've been here, it's been awesome you know everyone has you know put their hand up and um helped you know whatever whatever the needs are whether that's you know building out our gym or um playing in you know fields different days and stuff like that but no i mean everything is everything is great you know we have a field to train at we have a facility to lift and you know those two things it's pretty much all you need so now, let's talk about some of the new players that have come into the Legion. Obviously, in your position, there's Chris Robshaw, one of the greatest flankers coming out of England. Talk a little yeah. bit about what the new, and there's Cecil Africa from, um, yeah. South you know, from the South African Sevens. Talk a little bit about what these new players have brought and how maybe they've changed a little bit the dynamic of the team. Yeah, I think uh, with the new players, this brings a different... Uh, different side of the professionalism that, you know, um, some of us haven't experienced before. So it's good to, you know, learn from those guys and, and, you know, every little detail that, you know, they prepare for the season, how they prepare um, little things during training that, you know, they can give us um, pointers and tips on is, is awesome. And, you know, vice versa um, us, you know, giving little things that they they've never experienced or seen before. And yeah, it's, it's cool. It's awesome to have those, um, those big names in rugby here with San Diego and, you know, it's great to learn and, and, uh, you know, be teammates with them. Yeah. I, I have to wonder, maybe, maybe we'll get one of them on the pod a little bit later in the season, Dan, because like they were sold San Diego and they got Vegas. I mean, it's not a I bad know. trade, but like you said, <laughs> there's no ocean for them to sit next to. Yeah. I think, I think they had a little bit of an experience of it. Um, they landed 
had a few weeks. I think they had a few days out of their quarantine where they could explore San Diego a little bit. So they got a little taste, but um, yeah, Vegas isn't too bad. It isn't. So, you know, um, this is the first preseason that hasn't been led by Rob Hoadley. So obviously, um, you know, we have uh, um, Zach Test and Scott Murray, Murray, who were both assistants last year. What's been yeah. different about the preseason this year? I think, I think the, the biggest difference um, would be giving ownership to um, players. I think um, in the past it hasn't, it, it's been good, but hasn't been as much ownership and, and, you know, we're the, we're the players that play, you know, we're the, we're the guys that play and, and to take into account like the opinions of, of players and how, and how they do it. And yeah, it's just awesome. We have a, we have a great, uh, there's a great group of, uh, um, of guys that, you know, come together and speak to the coach and see how things are doing. And yeah, everything is so, is so far is great. It's great to have, um, Scott and, uh, Zach cause they were here with us. So, um, it's not so much of a drastic change, you know, a lot of the fundamentals and the pillars of how we play are, were created by those guys anyway. So yeah, it's great. Well, obviously big change there. You've had some players come in and out, but that's always normal in any professional sports with turnover. Let's talk about round one. You take on New York. It's a, it's yeah. a big trip, not as big. They had a rough outing in Vegas last year in round one against uh, New England. What are your thoughts yeah. on Rooney? A little bit of uh a little bit of turmoil there with uh, Greg McWilliams having to step down late. Yeah. So what are you expecting from Rooney round one? Rooney, um, Rooney's always going to be a physical game. You know, if you look at any of the past games we had with Rooney, it's always a nail biter. It's always a physical, you know, uh, big hits, big runs close down to the wire. And we expect that same thing. You know, New York is a very professional, very, a very, uh, yeah, very fit and great team, and you know, have some have some good friends on there. Hunko, one of my one of my good friends, so it'd be cool to to go up and get him again. Oh, good friends. That's not what Hunko said to me. He was like, "Oh yeah." Sa- if Sam thinks he's getting a hold of my USA jersey, he's got another thing coming, and it's in the form of my left <laughs> and right shoulder when I smash him in round one. What do you say to that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just say. Hey, it's such good. a stirrer, Sam. Just don't take it. He's all such good. a stirrer. Such a stir. Oh, good. I'll reply. I'll reply for you. I'll speak for you now, Sam. Hunko, how many how many peach bowls have you played in, brother? That's right. Zero. Zero. The Washington warrior himself, Sam Wuching. <laughs> he was down there smashing those crimson tide grubs. So you know it. it'll, it'll be a good one. It's good. Obviously, it's always great playing against teammates, like international teammates. You've had some time yeah. with the Eagles. I know you're really keen to get back into that setup, and uh, you've got a World Cup 2023. That's probably is that really a big part of the picture here for you, 2023? Yeah, I mean, obviously playing for your country is, you know, the biggest honor you can do in in this sport. It, you know, it would love to. My uh, my wife's family is from France and and Belgium and all that area, so it'd be great to you know play amongst family too. So let's, you know, so obviously the end goal, play for the Eagles, play in the World Cup. What are some of your goals for the upcoming season? What are some of the things that you've kind of laid out that you want to accomplish? Yeah, you know, I just, I want to, I want a consistent season. I want to, I want, I just want to play, you know, it's been so long. I just, I can't wait to get on the field and, and, you know, just 
create those memories, being away from the game for just that year and, and reflecting back and the, you know, the things that we miss the most are just, you know, those memories and that, and that camaraderie and those away games and those tight games, those snow games, those hot games, all, all kinds of stuff like that. And, you know, that's, you know, I'm not, not so, not so putting, you know, exact words to what I want to accomplish this season. I want to have fun and I want to, I want to dominate and I want to do, you know, how I, I want to play, how I play. And uh, I want to have fun and make memories as well. Now, now, obviously for the team, the goal is always to, win the championship have you yeah. have you guys like you, and you've talked about ownership and the players having more ownership so have the players laid out some goals that they want to achieve is that something that's part of that ownership that um zach and scott have, have given the players yeah i think uh yeah there's a lot of uh, i mean obviously we have goals we have a, a lot of goals set and uh um but i think the the main goal for us this year is just the togetherness you know that's what we want to do. That's how we want to play. Past seasons, we've been very tight, very, very uh, strong unit, very strong core um, on this team. And, you know, that's that's what we're pushing for this week, this year. It's just togetherness and, um, you know, wherever that may be, wherever, you know, playing, wherever that, you know, wherever that takes us, you know, together and play our, our style of game, play our game and things hopefully will turn our way. Love it, buddy. All right, let's have a little bit of a uh, more lighthearted approach to these next couple of questions. Yeah. You're putting together, you've seen the movie Endless Summer, right? You're a surfer, you love your surfing. Endless yeah. Summer. Which one? The first or the second one? Which I know of it. I know of it. I haven't watched it. What? Cape St. Francis, little... they come over the thing and it's like the perfect wave. And come on, man. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a tour of surfing. They chase the summer all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. You're putting together your own tour right now. Surfing, not rugby. Who are the five guys Ooh. from San Diego that you're bringing with All you? Right. you? Don't necessarily have to be able to surf. Just quality. Yeah. And then why are you bringing them along? Let's go. All right. First, take take the two surfers with me. I'll take Dean, Dean and Joe. Those guys shred. So I'll take those guys with me. Um, let's see. Uh, I take Oti and Cece. Just you know, I'd love to see them on the waves. <laughs> good guys to have around. Good banter. Uh, I'd love to see Oti or Cece standing up in a barrel like ah. That'd be, that'd be, be a amazing. big barrel for Cece. Yeah, oh, big big barrel. And then uh, oh, last one. Who am I taking? Last one. The best cook. Uh, yeah, the cook. you know, uh, well, well, Cece and Cece and Oti, they're, they're great, you know, but uh. No, I'll take I'll take uh, Robbo, Chris Rubshaw. I told him I'd take him surfing, but uh, we left. We left San Diego, so I think I owe it to him. So you're just going to take him take around him the world surfing? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Nothing better than dropping a, a pale white Englishman in the sun and the sea. You know, what's the worst that oh. could happen? <laughs> ten, All right. Ten, ten. You get back from the surf safari. The Olympics are coming just down the road into California. I want you Who's the gold, silver, and bronze medalist if the San Diego Legion were to have the triathlon? So 100-meter sprint, 100 meters Ooh. freestyle, and then let's just go javelin as well, throwing things. So who, who's coming? Oh. Ta- so I'm going to take you out of this because you're the obvious gold medalist. Oh. Right? Obvious. Yeah, I was going to put me into swimming. So <laughs> technically it's second, third, and fourth, but – just for you know, I'm going to say these are tough questions, Dan. This is like this requires I some know, sort of algorithm. 
That's all right. All right. So for the hundred, uh, I'll put uh, I'll put, put Cecil Africa. He's yeah. he's fast, quick off the mark. Cam Clark is fast too. So yeah, between one of them, and then uh, for the swim, I'll put uh, Save Totovasau. He doesn't look like it, but the, the guy is a shark, man. It's a dolphin. He swims super fast. So I'll, I'll put, put him there. And uh, for the javelin, I'm not going to go team here. I'm going to go management. I'm going to go um, <laughs> I'm gonna go our, our team manager, Bo. The guy is a freak. And I think throwing that javelin, he'd, uh, we actually have a little contest here. We have those little, um, those little stakes that uh, line up the field. And he's always like, hey, you know what? I got you in this. Watch, like, like the javelin. I'm going to throw this thing. So I definitely put him there. I like it. I like, actually, I like the Cam Clark. There's a video that just came out the other day of him running down Bowden Barrett, which is actually pretty cool. So yeah, he's, he's right there. fast. He's, yeah. he's second fastest for sure to me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <he's not> <laughs> all right. Just all right. I'm sure everyone on the show knows your background with, with football, right? You played up at Washington. Uh, great player up there, probably w- would have gone into the NFL, at least had a, a shot at the NFL. You, you yep. say, no, I want to go play rugby. I want you to bring one of your former football mates to San Diego Legion. Who are you bringing and why are you bringing them? Ooh, there's too many. You know, I'll, I'll bring uh, my man, John Ross. Uh, he was uh, a Cincinnati wide receiver. Bengals. Is he still yep. the Bengals? Yep. Uh, yes, I think so. And uh, broke the forty record. You did throw them, throw them out there on the wing. Boom, you're gone. All right, two more because you had to think so much. I'll give you two more. Two more, two more. Uh, I'll bring my boy, my boy Vita Vea. He's over yes. there in the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I put him there. Let's see. And, was he's, uh, he just had the footage come out of him playing running back at high school, right? Oh yeah, we we knew he was that just already. destroying people. Yeah, yeah. We he plays a little bit of rugby too, so that's cool. Getting um, out there. The last one. Uh, I'll go, my man Corey Littleton, the linebacker now for the uh, for the Raiders. So it'll be easy for him to come around. Yeah, that's not a tough choice. Stay at the Raiders, and oh, he's in Vegas. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I choose San Diego over Oakland, but now he's just choosing Vegas over yep. Vegas. So, and he doesn't have to have John Gruden yelling at him every day. Nope. <laughs> you get Scott Murray yelling at him. That's a good choice. Yes. I like <laughs> it. Who would go yeah. the other way? Anyone you played rugby with, you could think would have done well playing like at least college football. Oh, I mean, a lot of these guys have the, I mean, Joe, Joe Peterson, I'll, I'll I'll throw my there quick kicker, man. He could real he could football, kick that ball. Sam. Real football. I put <laughs> I mean, I mean, look at Vita and, and CC. Those guys could be DNs, tackles, man. Those yeah. guys fly around. Uh let's go. Let's get a running back. Who would I put a running back? Let's go. You know, our new our new drafty Cole. Zarcone, man. He, he's he's yeah, got the Zarconi. build of a running back, man. Yeah. Zarcone, he got the build of a running back. You know, he's good. He's good on his feet. Yeah, your, your head coach, Zach Tess, fancied himself. Always yeah. told everyone he was a wide receiver. But uh, I, I just didn't see it. I had him covered. <laughs> Lockdown corner. I would, I would have gone, you know, uh, Jamal Adams. or Jamal Adams? Who am I thinking of now? 
Who's the corner yeah. for the Rams? Jamal Adams? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would have done. I would have shut him down any day of the week. All right, buddy. <laughs> I can hear I can hear the missus in the background, so we should get a bit of family time. How's she doing? She enjoyed. Do you want to get she's her good. in? She's good. Yeah, uh, oh, she's coming. Say hi. Order. She's on the oh, phone. Hang order. up. Well, this she's has become out. a regular thing. We get like significant others. There she is. How you cooking doing? Some, some dinner. What? Oh, she's cooking. Doing? What's for dinner? Good What's thing. for dinner? Uh, teriyaki chicken balls. Teriyaki balls. Balls. Uh, balls. <laughs> yeah, dude, that would be that would be the rooster, wouldn't it? Not the chicken. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah. All right. Ask ask cool. her what your most annoying <laughs> habit is. What what is she? Uh, she didn't want to answer. She just left. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> she said nothing. No so I don't know. Nothing. Perfecto. All right, big man. Hey, appreciate you jumping on. Really excited to see you go this year. I think it's going to be a big year for you personally and for the yeah, Legion. Can't wait. So looking forward to that round one matchup against uh, New York. Should be a great one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. There he is. Sam Wuching, San Diego Legion. One of the real stars of Major League Rugby, Pete. There you go. And Lou, I, I, you and I have spoken uh, quite a bit about Sam and you're saying like just – one of the most gifted players you've ever played with. And you've obviously had a, a career that spanned close to what, 15 years. So an incredible compliment coming from you. What is it that makes him so special and, and a talent to keep an eye on? Well, you know, Psalm excelled uh, in football and he has that drive for high performance and for putting in those yards in the weight room. And um, you know, he's a great dude. And like we say, great men and great women make great rugby players and they make great teammates. And so, you know, these are, these are qualities that he has. And when it comes to the field, man, he dude wants to hit, he wants to run hard. He wants to go hard and he's got an engine on him that can take him there. And the more he plays, the more intelligent he's going to get. I mean, he's been exposed to the game, but you know, he started doing it, you know, uh, a little bit more serious and a little more cerebral once he got into his early 20s. And, you know, now he's looking at, I think he's been playing nothing but rugby for the last four or five years. So yep. you got to think about like, especially as, a, as, a, as an older man, his trajectory is just going just gonna to be higher than when we were kids. And so, you know, I think in the next couple of years, you're going to, I think he's going to have a great season this season. You know, I think everyone's kind of, I don't see too many people showing up into this league who are in their prime and who put in the work who are not going to have fantastic seasons with the break that we all had and being deprived of the thing we love. Everyone's going to hit the scene with a lot of passion and with a lot of intensity. And those are two things that that dude's known for. So um, I think you're going to see some, some great things out of him this year. And Pete, you've obviously had a lot to do with some off the field over the last six to seven months. How do you see this playing out in 2021 for him? Well, I think that, you know, Sam's one of those guys as a coach that you watch because he has like a zip, right? He gets the ball and he has just his quickness and his explosiveness is phenomenal. His ability is, you know, the power that he generates in contact is like something that I think is really exceptional. But I think Sam also has the ability, the ability to be a great ambassador for the game off the field, particularly for guys that played football that are interested in rugby. I think he can speak both of both of those languages. I just think that it says something, you know, when often when we think about professional sport, people think it's about the money. And I think Sam Wuching is one of those guys 
when he decided to step away from football, it's not about the money, it's about the passion. And, and I think that when anyone makes that choice, you've got to respect someone who chooses like what they're passionate about over something else that they could do that they could make a lot of money, but they're not passionate about. And I think that lives kind of like, I think like, just like Lou said, Psalm's one of those guys that brings that passion and not being able to play for a year, like he's going to explode out the gate and put his passion all the way through the ball carrier of the opposition, I think. Yeah, he's, yeah talking, I agree. he's talking to you, Vita Vea. Pete's talking to you. You've won a Super Bowl. <laughs> How much more do you need? Come play rugby. Come play for the Legion, inside centre, Vita Vea, all 310 pounds of you. How good would that be? All right. Well, we, we, did, see, we, did, see Jeremiah, oh, oh, we did see Jeremiah Johnson, right? Um, sorry, um, Johnson, Badamosi. Man, I don't know where I got that from. Johnson, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Thank um, you. That's right. He was, um, a good, he was a good friend of mine. Uh, but um, Johnson, I never understood a single word he said. I mean, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Pete. Sorry, that's part of the, song. Part of the song, Dan. That's the next line of the song. I know, I know. I'm just trying to. Pete agitated. I got to keep him on. Uh, so, so <laughs> Lou, now you're experiencing what it's like to be. <laughs> that's very different. We saw Johnson Badamosi, who's a cornerback for um, the New Orleans Saints who played rugby in Gonzaga and actually started playing rugby when he was 10 in DC. He's 30. He's been in the league for about seven years and he was training with Nola like a couple of weeks ago. So that's someone else to look at who could be a potential crossover, but that's a rugby player that went to football just like Sam did and potentially is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be the key, right? Getting those guys young. All right. Let's keep moving on. Staying in San Diego, one of the head coaches down there, along with Scott Murray, another one of your teammates, roommate, Louie, that's uh, old Testy. That's who you used to stay with in San Diego. So you might be able to give us some good dirt on him, but let's jump in now. Pete and Zach Test caught up earlier today as well. Well, welcome Zach Test to Major League Rugby Kickoff. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Good to see you, Pete. Um, so tell us a little bit about the transition. You know, you were an assistant coach, Rob Hoadley left, and then you're the co-head coach, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh. Go on, sorry. No, no, well, yeah, so t- tell us a story about the transition, how the conversation that you had with the Legion went, and, you know, was there any concerns you had about stepping up into the position? Well, first off, you know, I really want to thank, you know, Rob for everything he's done for the club and, and for me. You know, he was a great mentor for me and showed me um, you know, the different coaching styles and different tools you need to have in your back pocket to uh, be successful uh, on the coaching platform. So really want to give him a shout out. Um, you know, the transition, uh, it's, it's been an interesting one. Um, you know, it's, it's just finding all the stuff uh, that I didn't know and, and, and how to quickly get myself up to speed. Um, but the brilliant part is I've got, you know, my partner in crime, Scott Murray with me. So, uh, we, you know, we're, we're a two headed uh, dragon that are, is, uh, is filling all in all the gaps and we found some really good synergy as assistant coaches. And now that we're um, leading the charge, it's kind of been a smooth transition and, and, and we're rolling. So it's, it's been, uh, it, it hasn't been seamless, but it's, it's been smooth. And, and the fact that, you know, we have a, a good nucleus of the players that have played under us and now we've just had some really good additions of players coming in. So um, we're off to a good start. Now talk a little bit about how you and Scott share the work. Right. I mean, so there are some things, you know, my my experience has been when you're an assistant coach, 
everything's great. You can be friends with the players. You're not the final decision maker, right? You don't have to sit down and tell the player that they're not starting, those sorts of things. So talk a little bit about both on the field tactics and strategy, but also off the field, who's handling what when it comes to sort of player management? Um, I, you know, it's a, it's, it's a pretty easy answer because, we, you know, we do everything together. Um, you know, that's one thing that, you know, when we signed up to do this, as co-head coaches that, you know, we made a pat together that we were going to do everything together and there was going to be trust between us and, and vulnerability and, and openness. So, um, you know, you know, first off, you know, if, if we didn't make that pat, you know, we probably wouldn't be sitting here with a smile on our faces. Um, but as far as what the roles are, you know, on the field, Scotty, I mean, I take care of the, the backs in the units. Scotty takes care of the, the forge units. Um, I take care of uh, kind of the overarching attack, defense, transition, kicking game. Uh, and then Scotty kind of gets into the nitty gritty detail of the breakdown and the set piece and the contact element. So um, we're quite spread uh, nicely over what expertise we have in each area. Um, but like I said, we do everything together. So whatever he's going to bring in for the contact set piece uh, breakdown area, you know, we, we talk about it, make sure that we're both on the same page and on the flip side, the same thing with the, the, the attack framework, defense framework, transition framework. So, um, you know, on the field, you know, we're, we're a tag team and it's the same with off the field, you know, whoever's got the experience or knowledge in that area, um, is the lead, but we always make sure that we're communicating with each other. So we're on the same page. You know, that's a, this is a, you know, you're doing such a great job of like, you know, um, giving these great answers. So here's, so here's a question for you. What, where has there been the most tension between you and Scott? Not most the tension, because I think tension's good in these relationships, right? Because it means disagreement gets you to better um, answers. But where have you guys really like had to hash something out to come to an agreement? Um, how to approach the new laws. You know, I mean, there's a thousand different ways you could uh, present uh, the new laws to the players and how we want them to adapt and, and have behavioral changes to it. So it, there was a, some very good discussions that we had around how we wanted to change the behaviors of the players. And um, I think it's very healthy for, for coaches to have those kind of, I don't want to say harsh uh, conversations, but it's, it's open and you're wanting to get down to really what the true solution is. And you got to look at all different areas and, and, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a tough thing when you, uh, when, when there's new laws and how to, change players behaviors but um you know the the good thing is is me and him have no egos with each other and you know we we, we found the true solution and then have been driving it ever since i mean that's really great i mean i think you've, you've talked about this idea of trust and you've talk, talked about this idea of like no ego and actually in the best coaching relationships those two things are really important and you can have full-on arguments mm -hmm. because if there's no ego and there's trust after the argument you have a solution all of that stuff is gone if you don't have trust, there's an ego involved, you can't have those disagreements and continue to work together. So I think having, that sounds like you guys have a really good, um, like fundamental relationship that will, um, you know, be tested throughout the season, but it sounds like it'll, it'll hold true. So that's exciting to hear. Talk a little bit about where you are right now. So you've got like a whiteboard behind you, <laughs> right? It could be any coaching spot, but you're not where you should be, right? No, we are in Las Vegas, Viva Las Vegas. Uh, we're currently in our office gym. Um, you know, this is where, you know, me and Scott, we throw up our ideas of, of the week and different stuff we want to do with the players. Um, but we're in Vegas and we're very happy to be here. And uh, we're very much enjoying the support that we're getting from the local community. Um, you know, there's always been, you know, issues that we've had to solve on the fly. 
Um, but the great part is we've, we've got a great group of players. We've got a great staff. We've got a great front office that have really helped this transition be as effective as it can be. And, um, you know, where we're at doesn't matter. It's about what the end mission is. And, you know, we as a team know what we want to go to and whatever stands in our way, we're going to adapt and overcome and, and get there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the idea that challenges create resilience, right? And so this is a challenge and, and you know, we've all been there as coaches where things don't work as well as you would like them to and you challenge each other and you challenge the team to be resilient and overcome it. So that sounds great. Let's talk a little bit. You talked about the players that you have. Obviously, you know, um, you've had some big names like um, Chris Robshaw that, that's been added. Um, you're on the ground training. Tell us who, who of the players that you've brought in that, you know, you've been really excited to work with. Well, I've got, I've got three for you. You know, the first one is the, the seventh magician of Cecil Africa. I mean, he's come in and really just elevated uh, all parts of the game in our squad. And he's really challenged players and, and, and also brought his knowledge to them to help them understand how he's going to play and how he's been successful in the field. And so he's been, he's been an absolute great addition. I mean, he's, he's lightning and his skills are uh, of the top quality. Um, you know, the second one, is Cam Clark, you know, another a guy who's come in from uh, Australia Sevens in the War at Taj, but Cam is a true professional and what he's done in our back line and also with uh, our younger players as mentor him and, and give his insight of, you know, what he's experienced in Super Rugby, what's worked and what's haven't worked. And, um, you know, he's just a, a dynamic runner and a dynamic defender. So he's going to be uh, very, very good for us. And, and the last one is Carlo Tanishian, who we picked up in the Dallas Supplemental Draft. And, you know, he, this is a you know, this is a future eagle, in my opinion, um, that has just smooth, sharp skills as a great, uh, you know, bag of knowledge from his days at the at, in South Africa, uh, you know, academies and whatnot. And, um, you know, what he's done with uh, Colorado um, really sparked my uh, attention towards him. So he's been a great addition. He's been he's been great uh, working with Nate and Patrick Madden on uh, on on pushing each other in that nine role. So all, all the backs keeping keeping to brand there, Zach. Um, let's talk about some of the up-and-coming players. Who are some of the players that you think are going to be able to make it onto the field, maybe a starting player that, that we don't know about yet because they're a little bit under the radar? Yeah, well, I want to talk about our two kids that uh, we picked up at the college draft, Patrick Madden and Cole Zar uh, Zarconi. You know, Patrick is, uh, you know, I always say I think he's a top-class human being, just all-around professional in his daily life and a professional on the field. And he's a player that can play kind of a, a utility role from nine, 10 to 15. And so we're, we're taking a look at where he's going to be most effective and, and bring the most value in a spot. But he's a kid who has a, has a great head on his shoulders, you know, credit to his parents. And, you know, he's a kid that's going to continue to push and learn. And he asks a lot of questions, wants clarity and, and wants the detail. So I'm very much looking forward to him stepping on the field and showing that, uh, you know, he, he's worthy of, of his MLR contract. And the other one is Cole Zarcone, who I think is just such a raw athletic talent. Um, you know, I mean, his, his explosiveness, not only in the horizontal plane, but also the vertical plane is just, you know, is just top quality. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing him in the 15 meter channel um, on one-on-ones to see how well he can cope at this MLR level. But I'm very confident those two will bring very good value and energy onto the field when they make it there. That's great. Exciting players to watch. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the scenes, about the season. So, you know, Rob Hoadley, um, obviously a uh, long time with the Legion, had a very distinct approach and style of play. Like what I always loved about watching the Legion is you could see what they were trying to do. Very physical defense that got in their face. 
decision making we always look to play the space whether that's with the foot or with the hand what's different about the test murray approach to the game what might we see a little bit differently in how the legion plays this year than maybe um the way the legion played last year I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of change. You know, I mean, the we don't want to change the identity of the group. You know, that's something that we've been building for three years. And uh, that, that's our foundation and our identity. And it's not about changing that. It's about bringing in what me and Scott feel is the different points of value on the field. So you're still going to see the physicality in defense. You're still going to see the doubled layer in attack. Um, and, and, and all the stuff that we've seen over the past three seasons is just our little you could say a little touch of cinnamon on the top of what me and Scott feel is going to push us to that next kind of level. Oh, I love it. The, uh, the touch of cinnamon bringing out your, uh, um, your, uh, wonderful, um, cooking skills, obviously <laughs> there's that. So let's, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about the season opener. So you guys play Rooney. Correct. At, at home, at home in, in, in Vegas. How do you um, go into that game now, knowing there's a coaching change? Um, like, like, how do you take that first game of the season as you come into it? Well, uh, first and foremost, you know, what we talk about is all about us, right? And we, we can't control the different variables that are going around on the outside. What we can control is, is ourselves and how we prepare and, and how we mentally uh, get up for the game and, and how we can execute on game day. So, um, you know, Rooney's a top quality side and I got to believe that they're going to come together. They have a strong uh, player leadership group that will bring uh, bring the noise come next weekend. But for us, we're going to focus on us and make sure that we do everything that we need to do and the outcome will take care of itself. It, it, I think it's crazy you said next weekend. I'm like, is it? Oh my, my gosh, it's, it's next it's next weekend. There's going to be rugby next weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely excited. Um, all right, so we're going to finish that with, with a couple of th these are the most difficult questions that I'm going to ask you, right? So they're about the staff at San Diego. Um, and, you know, I know Gibbo, so I know Ian Gibbons, I know him pretty well, work, work with him with the women's national team, but you have other staff members. So, so the question is, who would you least like to go on a long road trip with? Which member of staff would you least like to go on a long road trip with and why? Oh, our team manager, Andre Bosch here. I mean, the, he's a, first of you know, he's a Marine recon special force guy. So he's seen the, the, the ugly side of, of life, but the man loves to tell a story and those stories don't, aren't five minute chats. You know, <laughs> it's a, it's a 30 to 60 minute conversation. So, um, and, and so, so, yeah, our team manager, Andre. All right. And, and, and do you know who the, like, like, you put the cinnamon on top? Do you think you're the top chef in this, within the Legion staff? Mm, no, I got to believe Gibbo. Uh, you know, Gibbo is very, very into the, the culinary arts, whether it's coffee, whether it's food. Um, so I'll give that notch to Gibbo. And then, so, so final, final question. Um, Oh, now I have to think about the uh, um, the final question. Who would who would you like least likely want to give your car keys to? Like you have your car, you're going to give them the car keys. They're going to go on a drive. Who who do you think would be the most reckless driver with your car? Uh, Scott Murray. Scott is just horrible with directions, and you never know which way he's going to turn. So I I would not give Scott my keys. <laughs> that's that's great. Well, good job, Zach. You managed to hit three different staff members. Um, hopefully there won't be too much of a penalty at the next court that you have with your team for calling that out. But um, good luck in your preparation in Vegas. Good luck in your first game against Rudy and good luck with the season. Thanks, Pete. Really appreciate it. 
All right. All right. Lou, Pete, you got to speak to him. So, Lou, give us the dirt on Testy. How's he going to do first year as head coach down there? Uh, I think he's going to do well. The the season, the season of change that I had with Zach, um, very incre- like incredibly cerebral about the game. And he sees it from all angles. But, you know, Zach's, Zach's such a good – He's such a good dude that he'll look at it from every single angle. He's he's very open-minded when it comes to communicating with and work well with them. He's a player that I think not only has the ability to teach and to be an instructor of the game, which at that level, right, the instruction, you know, varies. And but he's got a phenomenal base in order to to work with. And he also has the ability to understand that this is kind of a situation where you have to have decentralized command and the players that you know have the experience and the leadership capability to contribute to a team in various ways. He's And, uh, you know, with the core group of guys they have there and the talent they continue to bring in and out, um, they build a fantastic culture. And Zach is definitely um, a part of that. In terms of dirt? Don't do it. Oh, no, no, no. Don't, like, yeah, don't do not do dirt on Zach. Do dirt on Dan. This is what do we call reflection, right? So, so, so you know, um, before we get to around the grounds um, and we start talking, so give us, um, when was the first time you met Dan? Uh, the first place I met Dan was at a Nyack rugby game when he showed up and he played the very first time. So how did you met him at the game and not practice? That'd be typical Dan, right? No, it was uh, practice. Was it practice? Do you, do you remember, know. Dan? Do you remember I thought the first it was the game. Uh, no, because I'd played at Nike the year before. Um, but you were doing sevens or something. Uh, I just – no, NFL. So I'd been in sevens camp. Oh. Actually, with, with, te- with Testy. That's actually a good story for you. He was filthy because I got a box of brand-new NFL ball shot from the Miami Dolphins. And I told him that they were bringing me as a wide receiver. And he said, What? <laughs> you're one no way because Tessie played wide receiver at Oregon and he just couldn't believe that and he had honestly he had me covered like in the speed department so he was filthy and I had to be like listen now they're bringing me into the punter so you are right though I did miss preseason because I was down in Miami and then I came back and just said you know I'm gonna play play uh Super League this year and get back in the NFL thing when the uh season finished so that's probably I, I actually, it was West Point, right? We played a trial game against West Point. I think I, that's the first yeah, time I showed up. And yeah. And I just knew Louis from like this big, you know, golden hair superstar, like the golden child <laughs> of American rugby from Cal. And, and, uh, that's a I pretty just, much, that's a pretty good description of Lou in his early 20s. It's like the yeah. golden boy of American rugby. And just, just being blown away with just, how crazy he was like he was just so physical and loved hitting loved being hit and he was just everywhere he was all over the shop and uh but okay again we're not talking about stories of lou we're talking about stories of dan so let's get back to like what i was in- married with a kid at this point like lou never got the best of, of dan power so no i didn't we still had a lot of fun but we did the story give us, a, give us a fun story give us a fun story that you can that, that we can share publicly Publicly, uh, none. Yeah, of all the funnest ones, I can't. <laughs> well, I mean, this I is mean we could just like change names to protect the guilty. <laughs> oh. 
Look, look, both of you, okay, I don't want to, like, like, we don't have to do this. I don't want to put Lou, like, I'd like to put Dan in a difficult position, but Lou's a guest. So we can't put Lou into a difficult <laughs> position. That's, that's very kind of you. I wouldn't do that to Dan. I love Dan. <laughs> I know, this is a P- PG show as well. It is a PG show. Well, so it was, it was, we had, we had a fun time. Was what, my, what was the most, time okay, just, where was the most fun time? Oh, do I, for Nyack, even, uh, Dallas? We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun in New York. Oh yeah, New Dallas York. was a good time. Dallas is great. And uh, yeah. da- Dallas, Dallas was a downhill spiral for a few guys on the team quite quickly that night. It, uh, there was a, there was a few, there's a few night careers ended on that weekend. In Dallas, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then just touring around with the Eagles with Louie as well. Just, I tell you, I tell you the worst thing I ever did to Lou. And I can tell the story. I don't know. And this is a horror. This makes this paints me in a very bad light, Pete. So you'll like this one. We were, uh, it was a Churchill cup. And for those who don't know, Lou had an incident when he was, I think it was at high school. Right. And you broke up a fight and, and the guy uh, ended up stabbing you. Yeah, I was uh, first year in college. First year college, bad, bad deal. Lou was being a hero, doing the right thing. Guy comes up, boom, and 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 shanks him, you know, prison style. And so tells the story, and I'm like, wow, that's like that's crazy. Shows the scar. And just one morning at breakfast, I don't know why, I come up behind him with a butter knife, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, and I stab him in the face. He's like that's not funny. That actually happened. You know, you can't do that. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so, so I felt terrible. My heart felt dropped straight away, but he's forgiven. Well, I mean, I love it when Dan tells stories that capture the essence of Dan power and that was a story <laughs> that captures the essence of Dan power. And I'm absolutely uh, positive that I told Dan he couldn't do this as opposed to probably a little bit more demonstrative uh, language <laughs> that uh, made Dan understand that I wasn't okay with him shaking me in the back. <laughs> Which had happened a few years before. Yeah. Yeah. One of those moments, huh? But he forgave me. <laughs> the guy brought me in close. I saw the error of my ways. Never again. Never again. All right. All right. Enough of Pete trying to you know, hijack our relationship here. Let's go <laughs> around the grounds with all the news. Preseason was back. We actually had some rugby on TV. Utah and Atlanta was on KSL. So for those of you who tuned in, got to see some preseason uh, rugby. I was at my son's basketball game watching it. Um, He doesn't listen to the show, so it doesn't matter. But I had a phone (laughs) watching, and then I had my wife sitting next to me. I'm like, just bang me when he's in. So he's on the bench, and I'm watching. Oh, he's in. I put it down. So what would you make of the match, Pete? Have you watched it? I watched, yeah, I, I watched, I watched some of it. I mean, I think that we're gonna um, come back to the familiar tale that we have always said about MLR about how important the scrum is. Paul Mullins, a big pickup for Utah, um, and their scrums were really strong, and, and Atlanta wasn't. And I think that's going to be important, especially early on. Lots of rust, lots of drop balls. I think in all the preseason games, um, people were really rusty, and I think early on in the season, there's going to be. Some, some, there'll be a lot of scrums, there'll be a lot of drop balls. And so I think the scrum's important. Absolutely. Austin, they, uh, it was kind of an abbreviated trial game there in Houston. So Austin played against NOLA 40 to 7. It was, uh, I wouldn't read too much into that if you're a NOLA fan. And then 24 14, they got a win over Houston. Same thing. Preseason, don't read too much into that. But good to see games happen. They went off without a, a hitch and 
things looking great for week one. All right, moving along, let's talk now about the MLL partnership with Genius Sports Group as a sports betting partner for 2021. Um, Lou, sports betting, rugby, what are your thoughts? You got to spend it. I don't bet because I don't got it. But if I did, I, I, would, I would use it to bet. I, I, think, I, I think that if you look at the American market in sports, betting's a big part of it. It's one of the things Absolutely. that gets, gets people to follow. Um, you know, you can have a lot of like moral discussions around betting, but sports betting is one of the things that drives interest in sports. And I think MLR needs to have a sports betting partner to drive that interest. Yeah, it will certainly pull a lot more eyeballs to the sport now because right. I think all three of us can attest, you know, who've been in Vegas from time to time and you're in there and you look up at the sports bar and you can see all the sports around the world that come yeah. up with the odds. MLR is going to be on those boards now. So um, that's good. Lou, this one will uh, will hit close, similar to what you were talking about earlier with your battle. Greg McWilliams steps down to take care of his family. His wife, Sarah, also battling cancer at the moment, just became uh, quite uh, overwhelming for the McWilliams family being alone over here. It was a long commute from Connecticut down to Jersey. Uh, love Greg McWilliams, one of, one of the true absolute legends of, of, uh, of the sport. And he's doing the right thing here, taking care of family. Pete, sad to see him go. I'm sure New York's sad to see him go, but got to take care of his wife, got to take care of the kids. Totally respect that and hope, uh, you know, happier, happier news coming out of uh, the McWilliams family here shortly. Yeah, Greg's a, um, a good guy. I've known him for a long time um, from his time in Ireland when he coached the Irish women. Um, very, very good coach, very committed. I'm, I'm sure that Greg is one of those guys that, you know, could have probably got away with it, but didn't feel he was able to give his full effort to Rooney and it, or sorry, New York and that it wasn't like right for him to continue. Um, obviously, it creates a little bit of turnover for New York, but it means there's an opportunity for someone else. Absolutely. I think Marty Veal is being tabbed to kind of take the reins this year, similar to Sean Pittman in Utah. So we'll keep an eye on that, and hopefully there'll be an announcement coming out of New York shortly. Toronto Arrows announced their partnership with Coolbet for 2021, and the New England Free Jacks partner with Heritage Sports Ventures as well. So more synergy, more partnerships coming. Uh, we talked about the American Airlines one last week uh, while you were gone, Pete, but starting to see more people get involved. The AA one, Travel costs are going to be great with that for the teams as well, but we have to keep moving. Signings, big one, Matt Gitto. Probably the – I'm still. i still – I know I'm Australian. I'll get in trouble for this. I still put Manonu as the biggest signing ever. Lou, what do you think? Matt Gitto's huge, so what a start. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I think Manonu is probably a bigger signing. But Megiddo, God willing, that the, everyone gets a full season. It, he's going to have a full season. And, you know, he's going to come carve up. That's what he does. As long as he doesn't, you know, do what some people may would think that a person coming into the MLR from his experience and background would come and, you know, come for a good time. Does he have a family? Good question. Well, you should ask him. Reach out. Yeah, maybe him. I will. I think I may. Anyway, if, if he has a, yes, he has some a people, some people might do that. I don't know Matt Gitto. I'm not saying he's going to do that by any stretch of the imagination, but you would just, you, you would see that like um, uh, a lot of guys that are big signings, they, they absolutely could do that, right? They could see yeah. this as an opportunity to get to catch, collect some quick cash, party in America, or because you, know, you could do that anywhere. But, you know, there's obviously a fascination about coming and playing in the States by, 
guys that yeah. just just want that experience. I mean, I think I think my experience of talking to players overseas is that they want to come to the states and they want to experience America. And uh, if if rugby's a way to do it, and you can come over and you can make it. I mean, I think anyone's making big cash, but they can come over and make some and just have that experience. And let's be honest, like. You know, Dan is trying to hold in his excitement about like Matt Giddo and Adam Ashley Cooper playing rugby together in America. Yeah, that, that's, yeah like, that's insane. I mean, I mean, both of those guys are world class, right? And it's going to be LA. You know, I think it, it's it's interesting. You look at some of the the signings that we have that we've brought in, and you know, you look at LA, and you've got to be like, that's going to be that's going to be a tough team, even as an expansion side. Yeah. I know. I, I would imagine, and I've definitely seen what you're talking about, Lou, with guys that come over and and probably see this as, as an easy option for them. And it's a kind of a rude awakening if you don't come over ready to go and prepared to play. I think the game's improved so much here that you can't get away with that. But uh, Gitz and, and, um, and Coops are probably going to come over pretty professional guys, so it should be good. Joe Brady signs in New York, local guy out of Union County uh, RFC in New Jersey there. Timothy Gearman. He gets his third club. So he goes down to NOLA. He was at Austin. Um, I believe you played, you won with Gearman, right, Lou? Who now? In Austin? Yeah, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he, was, he wore double digits on his back, so you don't care about him. So yeah, exactly. then he was up with the free jacks. Old Jory. Oh, Glory signed <laughs> Sam Cassano and DeMonte Noble to. Uh, young kids, I believe, may have been through the academy system there, but they will be if, with if Old you, Glory. If you want to watch an exciting player, yeah. see if you can find some of um, DeMonte Noble's sevens highlights. That guy, yeah. that guy, yeah, because he played sevens for the Collegiate All-Americans. That guy's got a step, he's got a burst. I mean, he's a little undersized for 15s, but exciting pickup for someone that might be able to get where they... Uh, um, that, that, that might be able to, if you can give him some space, can really, really do some damage. But a really terrific sevens player. Very good. Sam uh, Cassano's a cow guy. Just want to throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. Go Bears. Go Bears. <laughs> Go Bears. I got a couple of Bears that, that I love too. You're one of them, obviously, Lou. But Thank Chris, you. Chris Biller, Mike McDonald, there's some real good Bears that have come out of there. Yeah. Good dudes. All right, Will Burke, Rugby ATL. Chris Bauman, finally. Chris Powman, he's parked, he's parked the RV and he's going to play. So he's given up on the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, Baker Mayfield takes him to the playoffs. So the dreams of Chris Bowman playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns is over. He signs with the San Diego Legions. Big, big pickup this late uh, in the in the offseason, right before to get a quality prop by Chris Bowman. Oh, yeah. They, big pickup for San Diego. They really um, provided that, – that, that brings a whole lot more depth to their front row, which – you know, it wasn't, wasn't terribly skinny, but you can never have enough front rowers. That's my opinion. And um, uh, pickup of Chris Bauman, you know, yeah, Chris hasn't played in like three years. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think prop is one of those positions that, that he's probably going to come back feeling mighty fresh. At least I know I did when I took four years off. So um, I would look for Bowman to really contribute um, very well to this uh, season this year. And like, you know, um, Pete was saying earlier, how important is the scrum? If you have a strong scrum, that is never, ever a bad thing. As a matter of fact, that is a thing that every forward pack should strive for. That's the one thing you have to coherently get. And Bowman obviously brings a lot of experience, a lot of power. I mean, the guy's a specimen and a half. So, yeah, great pickup for San Diego. 
And I think he was playing some club rugby down in Austin. I think he has oh, played wow. some rugby. Yeah, but I think he's been playing for the Blacks down there, but not. Yeah, not, I never know what there. he's doing. He's, he's, he's crazy. That, that, that gap is so big now, though. Like club yeah, rugby it is. And MLR, it's not even, you know, you can't. It used to be like college rugby to Super League, and that gap, you know, Cal could beat Super League teams on the reg. And now the gap between club rugby and MLR is just gigantic. All right, yep. James Mock. He has a uh, short-term deal in Utah as well, looking to make the full-time roster there. Anthony Parry, good dude, Anthony Parry. He extends in New York, and that wraps it up. That's all the extensions and signings. The season is just uh, over a week away. I, 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 can't, I can't believe we're, we're so close to rugby. It kind of hit me today when I was looking, doing prep, and I was looking at stuff. I'm like, hold on, not this weekend, but the following weekend, MLR kicks off. That we're gonna we're, yeah. we're gonna have a season. I'm excited. I'm really excited. It, we're, it's gonna be close. Let, let's get you uh, predictions for the two teams we previewed tonight: San Diego, New York, Lou, in Vegas. Who wins? Go the Legion. That's tough for you because you're both, mate. You, you, you're amateur days. I never played. I never played for you. I played for Nyack. I never played for. Hey, oh, that see? is so typical of every Nyack player. So typical. <laughs> As soon as you, as soon as you sprinkle in any old blue, it's not a real rugby club. They're just no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, Legion. All right, Pete. Who do you think that one? New York against I, the Legion. I, I, I think you know. I think it's the Legion. I, I think the um, home games are going to be important. I think like COVID protocols, travel. I think it's going to be difficult, difficult, more stressful than it was before. Um, and I think you know the change of coaching for Rooney, even if it's. Um, the assistant coach stepping up, I think, I think it's a challenge. And, you know, I think that it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. The, the big thing that we all need to be pulling for is what's been true in the first four seasons of major league rugby is that all of these games are competitive. Like it's been remarkable that, that like pretty much every, like there's so few blowouts. And as long as we don't have blowouts, then I think that we're going to have a good season because it keeps the interest of fans um, and most importantly, casual fans that we want to get into the game. So I think this will be a close game. But I think, you know, probably at the end, I think the depth of San Diego, I think they'll put away in the last 20 minutes. All right. This other one's going to be really tough to pick. And I've kind of gone back and forth on this numerous times. Toronto, Rugby ATL in Atlanta. Lou? Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting call. I don't know how ATL looks this year. I have an anticipation of how Toronto is going to look because they're quite consistent. Um but Rugby ATL last year, I mean, they looked like they had some big boys. I don't know if any of their signings. I know that, obviously, you know, you have Life University, which generates and cultivates a lot of rugby in the region. And a lot of the young ones that are coming up through those systems are having played rugby for, you know, 10 years by the time they, you know, get to the MLR, which is a significant advantage. So um, if I had to take... I'll take Toronto because they're more right now. They're more reliable for me. Okay, Pete. Yeah, I I I agree with you, Dan. I think this is a tough one to pick. I think that um, you know because you look at it and you, and you you know I think Lou's right. If you look at history and you look at the recent history and you look at continuity, you would say Toronto. But if you look at prep for this season, I think what um, Atlanta has been able to do with their four hundred four side playing in the fall and some of their preseason stuff that they can do has been more than Toronto's been able to do up in Canada. I think the prep for the season, I think Atlanta are going to come in better prepared, and therefore I think Atlanta's going to get an edge. I think this game might be different um, the second time round later on in the season, but I think think the first one, I think ATL's star is going to be easier. Remember, 
you know, Toronto are going to be moving and basing themselves in Atlanta, but there's still going to be some transition for them. So both for, I think the preparation is going to give the ATO the edge in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go right down the middle. I'm going to call it a draw. There you go. <laughs> Typical. I think it's right down the middle. I think a draw in rugby is like, like right, way off on the side. But Yeah, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Not, we'll see. We typical. talked to Chris and obviously the Argentinian contingent in quarantine haven't had much time with the team. If they come out and fire like we know some of those Argentinian players can, they can turn a game on its head. You know, they can win a game single-handedly. So if they're ready to go and motivated, look out. But if not, yeah, rugby ATL, big physical side and condition from a preseason. So it should be tough. All right, boys, that wraps it up. Big Lou, final words. How's Kramer? Just she around? She's going to say hello, actually. We get her on. I love getting players' lives on. You're still a player until this season finishes, then you're done. All right. Um, no, everyone's good. Um, you know, uh, win to week seven with the fire academy at 22 week academy and, um, you know, life's busy. I miss rugby and part of me really wants to play again, but, uh, uh I got an opportunity that I have to make sure that I don't squander in any way. Uh, I love rugby. I'll be playing, uh, socially, uh, sporadically and, um, but it's given me more than I could have ever hoped for. So I uh, appreciate you guys having me on and love you, Dan. What I, I love you too, buddy. Always. How about we get Pete Steinberg to coach the classic Eagles in Bermuda. You play and I'll just be your hype man. No, 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 no. So, no, no. Cause I've been talking to Dan. We need to get him to Rugger Fest. Up yes. in Aspen. Talk to for him. It requires him to get in shape. That's why he's like, so. I did, I did a workout with Lou. I didn't do too well, but that's all right. <laughs> no donuts. I'm on it. All right, Ruggerfest. Lock it in. Are you good, Lou? Will you be good to go by, what's that, September? Yeah. Uh, if there's a Ruggerfest this year, I will absolutely be there. I haven't heard anything yet. Usually you hear an announcement around March. But, I mean, I don't know what, what uh, closures are like in, or restrictions are like in Colorado. All I know is I'm immunized, so I'm good to go. Yeah, good to go. Yeah. All right. That wraps it up. For Pete Steinberg, Lou Stanfield, our producer, Aaron Castro, I'm Dan Power. This has been the MLR Kickoff. Episode 80 of MLR Kickoff brought to you by shopmlr.com, powered by The Rugby Shop.